This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Parrot Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. There we go. I hope she does it again. Welcome back to another edition of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. I'm your co-host Richie Herod and today I'm on the road so Bobby and Britton aren't with me but uh, Dad and I are down here at the Central Oregon Sportsman Show and we have uh, quite a bit of time this morning uh, waiting for the show to start and we got to talking and thought it might be kind of fun to look back and tell a few hunting and fishing stories uh, one of the things I'm doing here at the show is I'm giving a seminar on upland bird hunting. And in preparing that seminar, I put in quite a bit of old photos from uh, back in the day in the 80s when we used to bird hunt. And uh, one of the things I noted is that Ronnie and I learned to to bird hunt from our dad. And so I thought, hey, it'd be pretty fun if dad uh, just maybe told us some stories. So I got dad here with me. Thanks for sitting down with me, dad. You're welcome. So uh, maybe we'll just start out with, um, when did you start bird hunting? And, and one of the things I kind of want to get at is the old single shot 20 gauge too. I want to hear some stories about that. Okay. Well, I started bird hunting fairly young. I was raised on a little 40 acre farm down in Vail, Oregon, in Eastern Oregon. And uh, we had lots of pheasants. The old Chinese ringneck, we call them, the long tails and the big spurs. Mm-hmm thought they'd just be around forever and uh so we hunted you know as soon as we got old enough we could pack a gun and we didn't have much of a gun we had an old single shot 20 gauge that uh kicked like a mule where where did that come from well i think my oldest brother bought it somewhere Mm. i think he saved up a few shekels and got it it had uh it was a J.C. Higgins, I believe, was... No, 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 I'm sorry. It was a Stephen Stevens. Oh, Stevens, that's yeah, right, Stevens. Yeah. It was a Stevens, and it had a plastic forearm and a plastic stock, real light, and oh my gosh. Yeah, that thing kicked like a mule, and, and what I remember is, you know, hearing stories about you and your brothers. Dad Dad had uh, five brothers, and but there were four that were two years apart and then there was some distance and then uh two two younger brothers but they all learned to shoot from that and then and somehow you uh, out of all the brothers you ended up with that and then ronnie and i learned how to shoot from that thing and it would just give you a bruise oh yeah yeah <laughs> i i can remember you guys coming back from down on the river duck hunting and you're you'd fingers be bleeding and you'd have a big old bruise on your shoulder <laughs> and i just laugh because that's just exactly what happened to us because that thing kicked you know when you were out pheasant hunting and and you were busy and you were loading and shooting you didn't really realize how bad it was kicking you until you got home when your shoulder was yeah. sore and your fingers were bleeding didn't didn't uncle gerald or maybe it was curdy had a, a wave he had had like a couple shells in his finger and his left hand or something and one the barrel he could get off a, a couple shots real quick or something yeah exactly he <laughs> he'd put one in the barrel and then he'd had he'd stick them between his fingers on his left hand because he was right-handed and then he could shoot and reload that 
single shot, I think about as fast as you could use a pump gun. He got really good at it. And he was a good shot, too. Yeah. Yeah, so there are a lot of pheasants, and I remember that when I was a kid there. Um, and, you know, one of the things I pointed out in the seminar is we would go pheasant hunting when we were in the morning, you know, when we were kids, and then we would go out and, and, and chucker hunt in the afternoons. And um, you told a bunch of stories about you guys and your old made-up cars. and go, Were you guys chucker hunting out there, or were you just shooting rabbits? We were just shooting rabbits. <laughs> we had abundant amount of rabbits, too back in those days in the you know late 50s early 60s and uh, we'd go out at night and spotlight yeah. rabbits and uh, yeah. there was a guy over in Idaho that had mink and he would buy our rabbits from us for like nickel a piece or something like that so that's how we bought our 22 shells we'd go out in the nighttime and <laughs> get a, we'd get maybe a box of uh, shorts 22s and I think it was like 50, maybe 50 shells in a box. And that might be all the shells we'd have. And then we'd shoot rabbits at night and then <laughs> then save the rabbits. And then we'd get enough money to buy another box of shells. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the way it went. You guys had these old cars that you like modified you cut in half or something or you tore all the sign off so you could go through the sagebrush. Yeah, we had a... It was a Plymouth car. I think it was like in the, it was a 40 model. I don't remember exactly, 46 maybe, right in there. And we took a cutting torch to it and cut the top off of it and uh, kind of bent over the edges so we wouldn't cut ourselves and welded the door shut. <laughs> and then we just jump in over the door and we had front seat and back seat and we'd just run out in the sagebrush there and just tear the heck out of stuff and <laughs> run around shooting rabbits <laughs> then we got where that was a little too confining so we took the doors off of it and uh, all the sides and everything and so all we had was two seats and a steering wheel <laughs> and, so i wonder uh, you guys didn't kill yourself on yeah, that yeah well i wonder somebody didn't get hurt but yeah. we we were safe you know, we, <laughs> I'm sure you were. We'd, so, what's that? Oh, I just going to tell you, we'd paint the end of the barrel with uh, silver paint so that we could see the barrel at night. You know, we had the spotlights, and then at least you could see the end of the barrel. <laughs> you could get the jackrabbits. The jackrabbits were thick in that country. I, they even were when I was a kid growing up, so that was probably a lot of fun. When do you think you started chucker hunting? Oh, you know, I was probably maybe like a freshman in high school probably the late 50s you know when we started hunting chuckers um they were quite a few chuckers too mm -hmm. you know they i think they planted those chuckers in that country in the early 50s is i is what i remember hearing yeah and, I, I had looked it up and um it had said that they first were introduced in the country like 1897 but they really didn't stock until like the 30s through the 50s like in any way that it, it that they uh, population stayed or anything yes i yeah. think that's probably about the time they you know maybe was the end of the 40s or early 50s when they stocked them out right. there so when i started hunting was you know in the mid 50s and uh, they were a lot of chuckers we had a lot of fun chasing them we of course we didn't have dogs and that kind of thing, you know, so yeah. it's kind of tough hunting for us because we just, we just take off after foot and 
try to track them down. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun. And then the older we got, you know, and after I got married and and we just kept hunting the pheasants and the chuckers, we we got dogs and and by the time you guys come along, well, we were hunting them pretty hard. Oh yeah, I mean that was a that was a good memory for me and. You know, that country down there is around Bale, Oregon, and um, I remember, I think probably was one of the first times I ever went with you, might have been out at Bully Creek, and I was probably a year or two before I could get my hunter safety done and my license, but I remember just tromping around with you out there and couldn't couldn't wait, you know, to get my license so I could do it too, And then, but what I didn't know was that I was going to get to shoot that 20 gauge and... <laughs> bruise, bruise the hell out of my arm i'm sorry son yeah <laughs> well it was a good way to learn i'm telling you i mean besides it kicking that 20 gauge you had to be a good shot because you got one chance that's correct yeah yeah on checkers you know get to pull the trigger one time and by then they were out of range time you got it opened and reloaded yeah but uh, one when I got in married and a little older, well, I started shooting traps, so I got a reloader. And uh, w- boys and I'd set and reload shells by the hundreds. And uh, I'll never forget the memory I had one time we went out and uh, I had like a a box, like a wooden box that the old shells come in. Remember mm-hmm. the old oh, yeah. Remington yeah, boxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had that full of shells. And... Uh, you guys got out there and started putting shells in your uh, vests, and then you pulled out a tube sock. Yep, the old tube sock. And filled the tube socks full of shells, and you'd stick that in your uh, game bag yep. in the back there. And then when you run out of shells in your pocket, then you had that uh, sock full of shells, and you could just keep shooting. And I, and you guys would go out in the morning, and we'd shoot at chuckers, and you guys would come back and maybe have to read reload your bag and your sock full of shells because you had shot that many <laughs> shells and not very many birds yeah but, we we always used to say it was a good day you know had a good day it was a two box day or it was a three box day <laughs> yeah exactly but you got where after a while you know i always told them just keep the lead in the air you'll get them yeah i mean i think that was good advice and part of the reason we had the reloader obviously is for trap but we weren't chuckers are hard to hit you know and uh you had to learn to be a good shot and i think part of the way you do that is you shoot a lot just like you said and and eventually we got to be pretty good shotgunners you know and i think in in the subsequent years you always miss but you didn't need to have a tube sock oh yeah yeah i've missed a lot of chuckers Uh, yeah they they usually come up when you're not ready for them you know well of course and you're tripping over a rock and about to fall down. down yeah and they fly around back behind you and you're trying to swing and shoot and and not hit anybody and fall down yeah and it's funny because uh i put in my seminar you know some tips for you know being successful with bird hunting and and i got to kind of laughing because i'm gonna tell them the same story that you and i are basically is that yeah here's all the rules right you know lean forward (laughs) get out over your shotgun swing through do all these things but when you're chucker hunting a lot of that goes out the window window. all goes out the window yeah (laughs) even at my age it still goes out the window so i got i got some funny stories to tell of us kids and and so i'm going to tell tell about those but yeah (laughs) i've got got one story i remember uh, 
the kids were older then and they had their buddies going with us and everything and we went up into this one area where we always went and there was a lot of chuckers and there's uh, quite a bit of snow on the ground and uh, one of their friends Kent Goodman and Riley Pratt was with us so they were and we seen this chucker flying in and he landed in the snow so all of us walked over there and we kind of surrounded the place that we thought where that the one chucker one chucker had landed you remember that yeah and yeah. Uh, somebody's comment was this chucker doesn't have a chance <laughs> and and that chucker got up and flew up and all of us shot at it i don't know if we all emptied our guns but we never touched a feather yeah <laughs> <laughs> i do remember yeah, that you remember that oh yeah yeah that chucker doesn't have a chance yeah Famous last words of a chucker hunter. <laughs> never, never say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, we had a lot of good memories of bird hunting and, and back in the day, and whether it was pheasants or chuckers or just the 80s especially were an incredible time in eastern yeah. Oregon. There were so many birds, and you could go out and shoot a lemon of a pheasant by 9 o'clock, come back and have breakfast, and then take off and go shoot your eight birds apiece, you know, if you, you know, well, maybe if you took enough shells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the other thing is, is uh, uh, the pheasant hunting you was talking about, uh, the people from out of town would come to that little town of Vail and just, right. just fill up with mm-hmm. the hu- uh, pheasant hunters. Oh, that's yeah, That's how yeah. popular it was, and that's how good the pheasant hunting was. Portland hunters, when I was a kid, We'd see those big old uh, station wagons was uh, what they drove with their dogs in the back and their guns and shells and big old um, wagon-type cars. And we, us kids, would just love to see those guys coming because we didn't have very many shells or guns. So they'd open up the back of that thing and say, here's a gun, boys, you can use this one, and nah. here's some shells, you know, and we just rubbing our hands, you know, because yeah. we never saw stuff like that, yeah. you know. But yeah. that's how popular that yeah. pheasant hunting was. Well, I think there was like a, uh, there was an article, I believe it was written, like Field and Stream magazine. Yeah, and and after that, boy, I mean, I mean it was known for its pheasants there in the Vale, Oregon area, and it kind of went downhill, and I think probably, probably what happened Used to be when we were kids and you were a kid, we would just take off from grandma and grandpa's house and go over fence after fence and you'd, you know, wave at the neighbor and they didn't care. But then it got to be where it was all posted. Yeah, the neighbors, you know, we could just go from one end of the valley to the other. We knew everybody and they knew us. And then um, people started coming in and leasing the ground too yeah. you know oh yeah that's right there yeah. was a lot of leasing a lot of leasing going on so yeah. then you couldn't go on the neighbor's place because they'd leased it out but it was still popular and they had uh, i remember they had a a long tail um contest oh the, right the yeah store yeah and i don't know if this is if i remember right but i think it was upwards to 30 inches long some of those tails in the well i remember they were, big. They they were, were long big. they yeah. were long and I remember that, you know, the pheasants, like you shoot today, a lot of them, they don't have short, they have short tails. I think mostly either, a lot of them are pin raised, obviously, and then yeah. released. And a lot of these birds we were hunting were wild, and they were just doing well. Birds were doing well. Well, the farming practices were a lot different, you That's know. True. I mean, yeah. the fence rows had a lot of weeds in them and grass and the ditch banks. And nowadays, you know, they uh, they just plow wall to wall and to fence to fence and spray 
so there's not near the cover for the pheasants that they used to be. Right, yeah, they're real efficient with their farming practices, but consequently it's not so good for the birds. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, those were some really good memories, and um, it's going to be fun for me to talk to people about it in the seminar just because when they ask me to do, uh, and normally I do, you know, big game, talk about big game or backcountry hunts, but they said, how about upland bird? I'm like, oh, absolutely. I, I love to tell some of those stories and give people a few tips and, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I thought maybe we'd switch gears and, and talk about something a little uh, different, um, similar. It's reflecting on the old times, but it's uh, we'll talk about some fishing now. And when I was sitting around thinking about, well, what kind of things we could tell, uh, I have one sort of vivid memory, and I think we probably did it more than once, where you and I hiked into a high lake in the blues and uh, fished in the high lake and camped and, and we got um rained out and i and i remember that because my sleeping bag was soaking wet <laughs> and i didn't want to get out of it but uh was it what lake that wasn't van Patten, was it it was somewhere else right no that was rock creek oh, lake. rock creek okay. rock creek lake that was above the highest lake in that whole mm -hmm. uh, blue mountain area yeah. yeah there was another lake there on the way up but i can't remember the name of it but oh yeah that was quite the experience well Richard said he'd want to go walk in to the lake and go fishing, and I said, okay, well, of course, I worked on a ranch then, and, and uh, so we were haying and stuff, and so uh, I was getting towards the end of August, 1st of September, and the weather was still nice, and I said, well, let's go up and back into that lake, so he's all excited, and so we get everything packed up and go walk in, and we get up there, and beautiful day. And uh, I'd taken some flies, and and uh, so we had fishing poles, and so we fished a little bit, and we caught. We caught fish. I we remember caught that. Fish, yeah. And one thing I remember about that lake, it was so clear. Oh yeah. You'd throw out in them woolly boogers, yeah. And you'd see the fish like rise right. for a long ways, yeah. and then strike your yeah. You get you all excited. Yeah. So we got there, and it was kind of late in the evening, but we we fished a little bit, and while we were all excited, we we're going to get up next morning and catch some uh, trout, you know. Well, during the night it clouded up, and it and it was just a bank of clouds right at the top of that mountain, <laughs> and it was pouring. I woke up and the water's running down through our tent. We probably didn't pick a good place for the tent. Probably not. <laughs> but anyway, so I get up, and uh, of course you couldn't build. We couldn't build a fire to cook like we planned on doing and everything. And we'd taken some uh, boiled eggs. And would put them in beet juice. You remember? Remember those? Oh my gosh, <laughs> those, well, those were good. And uh, so I get up and get my clothes on, and it's cold. I mean, it's. Miserable. I do remember that. It was miserable, yeah. you know, and water running through the tent. And I get up and I get underneath this fir tree, trying to protect myself from the rain, and uh, eating some of those eggs. And I'm yelling at Ritz, "Get up!" We got to get up and go. <laughs> no, I'm not getting out of bed, he said. And it was cold. And the tent had fallen down on our face. On us, yeah. Yeah, fallen down on our face, you know. How, how old was I? I don't even remember. Oh, gosh, I don't know. You'd I, be... I can't be very old because I, I don't remember it well. So it must have been 10 or 12, yeah, somewhere right in there. Yeah, I suppose in 10, yeah, maybe I, 10, I, you know. I, I and uh, So anyway, we stood around there. After I got him up, we stood around and shivering and trying to figure out what we we're going to do and course we couldn't fish you know i mean it was too rainy and everything couldn't build a fire 
I said, Rich, we need to get out of here. Yeah. So we packed up all our wet stuff <laughs> and everything and started down off the hill. We didn't go half a mile. And it got sunny. And the sun came out. Yeah. <laughs> but you look back up. I mean, that cloud... I, I do remember that. That cloud was just setting right over the top yeah. of that hill, and it wasn't going away. Yeah. You know? So we walked on down and to the car and went home. <laughs> How far in was it? Do you remember? You know, I think it's about... Uh, I want to say probably the way the trail wound and stuff, probably five miles maybe in there. Yeah, what I remember as a kid, of course, is it took, you know, 10 days to get in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, steeper than heck and yeah, 10 it was days. Yeah, steep and 10 yeah. days. That's what I remember. But when you're a kid, you don't really know for sure. But uh, it's beautiful up there. It oh. That lake, doesn't it like set in a... It sets in a big old bowl. Bowl. Yeah, and there's just... Yeah. It's in a bowl and then there's... Uh, the mountains on up clear around that it's just a like big rock uh, slides down in the lake exactly yeah, yeah. i haven't been i've been there for a long time now what you got to remember is that uh in those days when we say we packed up and went in there we're the gear we're talking about is not, remember we're rant we were ranchers and so <laughs> we probably just had cotton everything did we have a pack uh i had an well that i'm not sure I think I had I think an old pack. A, I think we had old packs that we, maybe we borrowed or I don't know. We had old packs. They were old frame packs that were like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe aluminum or something. And and the thing about them was is that they they were, you know, they weren't tight. They they were yeah. kind of loose, loose, and they stuck up in the air and didn't fit you well. And and, and your shoulders hurt. Is nylon. Yep. And and I suppose our um, sleeping bags were like cotton. Oh yeah cotton yeah. stuffed and yeah. that little tent i mean down to zero degrees maybe yeah I, well you zero maybe <laughs> more like the one that you'd sleep in the living room yeah, on exactly but i think uh and that tent was probably just a montgomery ward you know nylon tent yeah, then it wouldn't have hardly you know shed a raindrop i don't think if you touch it it'd start leaking yeah i i don't even <laughs> remember the tent and even where it went you know but it wasn't much no, it, it wasn't much of anything. And, you know, I think about that as compared to what I have now. And, you know, I talk about doing these backcountry hunts and all the synthetic material and that we have now. And, uh, um, you know, it keeps you warm and dry. And oh, yeah. it, it's just no comparison to, <laughs> to that, like that trip. I think that's why it's so vivid. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, it's been long enough for me that I kind of forgot some of the details, but it was cold. <laughs> yeah, I do remember it was cold and wet, and so it was nice to get the heck out of there. But we there was a couple, that other lake I mentioned, that Van Patten Lake, we used to go into it, and I don't know as it was as far, and and that was a beautiful place to hike into. I think I went with Grandpa. Didn't I go with Grandpa? I got exactly. pictures of me and Grandpa. Exactly, yeah, my dad. You went in with my dad, and it was uh, on the way up to... Anthony Lakes, that's where that Van Patten trail takes off. And what does it say there? Uh, three quarters of a mile. It's not very far. Again, it yeah. it it's only nice took it lake. only took two days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice little lake, fishing lake. You know. I think there's a there's a kind of a neat old picture of Grandpa and I, and I think I had that old pack that I was telling you about mm -hmm. that had uh, a it was a nylon pack. And the one thing uh, we did when when I was a kid, we drove around 
the West a lot on family trips in the camper, and we always got those uh, patches. You know, you go to a state, and it was a big oh, deal yeah. to get yeah, it like patch, a yeah. Arizona patch, a, mm-hmm. you know, park patch. park patch. And I had all those on that pack. And you know what? I still have. Do you? Well, what I did, I had to get rid of the pack because it's uh, it rotted. <laughs> no. <laughs> it rotted. <laughs> it you can imagine that. Uh-uh. The old pack rotted, but I cut the the flap off with all of those patches on mm. it. And I mm. still have that Great. flap with all those patches. Oh, me dang. Well, that's cool. I'll have to show you that yeah. one time. Yeah. It's kind of neat. But anyway, there's a picture of, uh, picture of me and Grandpa in there, and I had that pack on. And I think we probably only stayed, you know, one night. As a kid, you probably, about all you could yeah. probably stand. But, yeah. you know, these mountains, they get cold, even in the summertime and uh but there's the fishing was great yeah you could catch fish about any time yeah. you went to one of those little lakes you know and that, that was back in the day when we catch dolly varden which are the brook trout and that was before they were listed maybe we were the cause i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so either but yeah we catch dolly varden that oh. was what a lot of those lakes had were the native fish and maybe brook trout they probably planted brook trout yeah they did you're uh, great grandpa i think planted them planted them yeah up so, in the lake in the anthony lakes area yeah yeah so on my um, mom's side of the family her grandfather was the first um forest service ranger for the whitman national forest at that time and he was the one who blazed all the trails to anthony lakes for the first time and all that and so he did everything on horseback and he yeah, he probably was one of the ones that planted the fish. Yeah, and that was before they called it the U.S. Forest Service. Yeah, at that time it was uh, Forest Reserves. Forest Reserve, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, and so that's kind of a neat connection, and I ended up working for the Forest Service in my career, and it's kind of cool because we have a, at a ranger station, they often have a, um, a little signature page on the wall that shows all the rangers for a given office, you know? Yeah. And I've got the one that shows you know his name on the top with oh, his really? signature yeah he was the first one was he he was the first one yeah, yeah. before he, it was the forest service yeah it was kind of cool but yeah that's fun stuff well that's probably good for now we'll probably need to get ready and head to the show but i thought it'd be kind of fun just to it was fun to reminisce reminisce a little yeah. bit especially since we're talking about it and uh, it's a lot of fun people come by in the show and and uh, they see us on TV, you know, and they um, like to see what we're doing now. And, and it'd be fun to kind of relive some of the old days with them as well. So uh, we'll maybe have to do this again. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, you it's kind of fun. So, well, that's it for this episode. Um, be sure to subscribe to the We Are Outdoorsman podcast so that you get notifications every time there are new episodes posted. Go on over to Facebook and Instagram and like our uh, WAO We Are Outdoorsman page. Uh, also go and uh, like our Herod Outdoors and Max Lure uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. And until next week, we'll talk to you later. Yeah.